Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director. Yeah, you here. might want to start that over, Hayden. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. Uh, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor. Today, I'm joined by Allison Aconi, our community care pastor, Michael Solis, our children's director. Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor, and for the first time in a while, not our speaker from Sunday, and Brian Cobley, our youth director, who was our speaker on Sunday. So I didn't cut at the beginning because I feel like this is where the podcast might go. We kind of have a supersized podcast today. We have five people instead of four. We were taking our staff Christmas photo, and we were all in here, and we just decided, let's sit down and record the podcast as a big group. And uh, I always love a good party, so we decided to go for it. And um, today is the first week of our new series, Christmas Stories, which kicked off with Brian, who shared about, uh, on the surface, maybe the most boring sermon idea, (laughs) but in execution, not the most boring (laughs) sermon idea. Brian talked about the genealogy of Jesus, the part that most people, when they start to read the Gospels, they skip to where the action starts. But Brian decided, you know what, let's do let's do a message about it. So, Brian, yes. um, for all the people who didn't watch the message on Sunday because they read the title and said, that does not sound interesting <laughs> to me, let's hear your elevator pitch. Why should they go back and listen to it if they haven't listened to it? Because, in my opinion, uh, the genealogy is very important for the real people, the real lives, the real names, the real events that led to Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to turn you up a little bit because I couldn't really hear you that much. But okay. um, thank you. That was... Yeah. I, I listened to it, and I might listen to it again now. Oh, after awesome. That. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, tell... Share with us. Yes, what was sir. this process like? Because we have... We've had a couple in this last year. We've had a couple sermon series that have been long, like the prayer series, a six, seven, maybe eight-week series. Um, What's it like kicking off a new series after we've been in, not a a long series, but a series that we've been in for so long as a church? What is it like kicking off the new series? So actually, Christmas series is really fun to kick it off because uh, when we have the structure that we have here where... It's not me preaching each week. Uh, it's a different person to not worry about, oh, somebody just said that or or just it being the same uh, sermon each week. Everybody else has that stress now after me that I get to <laughs> I get to start because we're doing a Christmas story. And, you know, the point was your story leads to Jesus. I feel like everybody can say that. In this yep. Christmas series, so mm-hmm. it's actually easy to to start the series because you uh, kind of lead off with it, but then uh, you know that somebody else is just going to come in and have a sermon that's just going to take over the series. You're like, oh man, well at least I at least I started it well, like the opening act. Yeah. Did you? Uh, are you someone that enjoys speaking about Christmas? Are you like all about Christmas? Um, I like the challenge of doing a Christmas series because mm-hmm. I, I think it's a yearly challenge of how can we say the same thing but different yeah. Yeah. each yeah. week. So I actually love the challenge of attempting that. Like yeah. how can, with the with the blank canvas, how can we make a new work of art? Yeah. Like everybody paints a bowl of fruit, but how can I make my painting a little bit different? Yeah. 
I I think anyone who knows you would not be surprised that you like to do things differently. And <laughs> I didn't even know that's a thing. Like people know yeah, that about Brian. Me. No, and, and I learned something new about you myself. I didn't know you were painting bowls of fruit. Yeah. So I think that's really excellent. <laughs> this whole time. Too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I just ruined the Christmas gift for all of you. <laughs> but, but Brian, when, I actually forget. How did you land on doing the genealogy? Did you sift through a couple other options before landing on that one? So actually Cliff and I met it was like a week when it was just you and I in the office and he was talking about the the idea of doing a, a Christmas story and he goes and if you if you wanted to do one like who who comes to your mind of all the stories mm-hmm. and I was like because at the time you wanted to do Joseph I'm like ah uh, like there's a couple of cool people but I like more the people that intrigue me are the people after the birth um like when Jesus is going to get uh, presented at the temple so I was like who who really intrigues me and then for some reason I thought of the the genealogy. I'm like, actually, like, kind of want to do the genealogy. And he and Cliff loved the idea, but then I was like, wait, I feel like somebody just did the genealogy. Like, who who can I think of that did that? And I thought back to the Mars Hill podcast. Oh gosh. And that's what I'm like, oh, oh, that's why it feels so fresh. Oh yeah, we um, just all had heard that. Yeah, and so, um, so then hearing that, I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to take the challenge of of preaching the genealogy because it actually really is important as important enough to be in two of the gospel is like, let's, let's preach it. But how can I do it differently than what people have done in the past? Did you, in in those genealogies are different. They are different. In the two, in the two gospels. They are different. And, uh, I didn't want to go too much into saving it for this podcast that there's a lot of theories of why they're different. And, um, even Allison and I were talking cause, uh, we, we remembered one reason why it was different, but then we're like, wait, is that even true? And then her and I just did a big dive of like, okay, hey, which one is actually accurate? So they say, a lot of people say that Matthew was following Jesus's line through the line of his stepdad, Joseph, and Luke was following Mary's lineage, but didn't include Mary's name because Luke did the traditional genealogy of not including women, but Matthew did include women. So it's... Matter of who's one lying. was to show the legal uh, history of Jesus, mm-hmm. verifying his his legal position, and the other was to verify his royal position. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it's so cool that 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 one's Joseph, one Mary. You can't. So, in other words, you can you can't argue either side. Mm-hmm. God right. made sure that both sides yeah. went all the way back to David. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and they start off, I mean, we'll start off weird because Matthew went from Abraham down while Luke did it backwards where he started with Jesus and worked his way uh, through Adam. Yeah, so, and then there's some theories that Matthew uh, continues what was already written in the Old Testament genealogies, like with Ruth. Um, He just, he grabbed what was already made and then continued it to Jesus is what I found some theories saying that too. Like he like there was already work done and he just grabbed that in a sense to prove that Jesus is the Messiah, that he was the, cause the, I think, uh, yeah, I have it right in front of me. Um, he starts off the gospel saying the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so I think those two titles, obviously that's who they were waiting for as, as Jewish people was the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so I think that's what Matthew really wanted to focus on because his, readers were uh the jewish people like that's who he was writing the gospel for and i think just starting off the genealogy he was proving that um 
Jesus was the son of David. Because if he was going to any of the Jewish people saying, this is the Messiah, like, well, prove it. Like, well, here's the genealogy just to prove it already. Um, so, yeah. So, and then I just, I kind of just stuck with Matthew's genealogy in the sermon. Yeah. Um, besides the fact that it felt unique and different, what was the big inspiration of going that direction for your message? The picking the three people or the point? Um, I think just using the framework of the genealogy of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration behind choosing that? I, it was just a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was just yep. a challenge. Yep. That yeah. feels very on, uh, on cue, right? I yeah. loved it though. Cause yeah. I've, I know that all scripture is useful for teaching and all. And so to even pull inspiration and truth out of a genealogy, which most people think is so dry, but then to say, it's just layered with like meaning. And you even started with us thinking of our own ancestral mathematics. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. Um, do you want to nutshell what the ancestral yeah. mathematics is? So the was? ancestral mathematics is a very simple equation that we all know the equation. Um, whether you know that how to do the math is just the concept where for us to be born, we needed two parents. We needed four grandparents. We needed eight great-grandparents, and then 16, and then 32, and you just go down to where, if you go down 12 generations, I believe, two to the 12th power is the equation. It's two to the something power, two to whatever generation you want to do. I think it was 4,096 people that you need in order to be born. And so, like, it just, I saw that on a, on a meme, and I was like, 4,000 people? <laughs> Took 4,096 people to make me? And it just hit me like, man, like what did my family go through? Like what was the history? What was the struggle? Like what was what what had to happen to get to where I am right now working at Arbor Church in Woodenville, Washington? And even that, uh, I said it in the sermon, but even that thought of like, you know, we hear from our parents and our parents' parents that they worked really hard so their kids could have a better life to go back and go, man, like their hard work and like what am I doing with that hard work right now? Yeah, like lots of individuals through. go into making a story mm-hmm. in the present day. So, yeah, I, I loved the look at the genealogy and how you picked out certain players. You know, you didn't cover everyone, but mm-hmm. you picked out certain ones that were standouts. Yeah, that I honestly felt represented in the genealogy. So I don't know if you guys know this, but I guess I'd like to take a challenge. I was like... Do I want to do the normal genealogy sermon where normally they pick the four women in the in the the Gospel of Matthew, his genealogy, and talk about how there's four people who wouldn't normally be in the genealogy? I'm like, well, I don't want to do that because that's normal. That's what people normally do, and I. But I also felt like, but you know, it's it's cliche for a reason. So should I do it? And so then I was like, you know what? Let me just pick stories. I spent <clears throat> like an hour thinking what type of people are in our sanctuary and can I find people in the genealogy that fit our type of, and so I thought we have Christians who have been Christians their whole lives in our, in our sanctuary. So I wanted to find somebody who was a follower of God their whole life, but something, something changes or something different. Like we have people who didn't believe their whole life and there was something in their life that changed and they believed. I'm like, I can probably find somebody in that genealogy. And I thought, and there's people who just, it's hard. Life is hard. And for some reason, they're still 
believing in God. And so like, those are the people in our sanctuary. Let's find people in the genealogy that, that can relate to our people. So in the genealogy, you had, um, you, you pointed out that, that all those people's lives pointed toward Jesus. And you've now said, yeah, I was thinking of people in our congregation who these people represent What's is so? What would you have our people come away with as the application from knowing that those kinds of people pointed toward Jesus? I think to share the story, share your story, share your journey with with someone, like just just talk and relate with people is the big one. I, I would say, like we had not this Sunday, but the Sunday before, where there were some brave people that came up and Give shared, testimonies. yeah, share their testimony. Yeah. Um, to share your testimony, share yeah. your story and see where that lines up because obviously these people shared their story. Like it's, you can see their name, their names are in there. So obviously their story, whether they shared it or somebody shared their Matthew story shared it for them, <laughs> their, their story can share. Cause most of these people, I can go into the old Testament and find either a verse or two about them, whether it is this person was evil in the eyes of the Lord and he died. And then his son took over and this person was evil in the eyes of the Lord and he died. Like there's all these people you can, find most of them in Matthew's genealogy in the Old Testament. So application is share your story, share your struggle, be transparent about what Jesus has done in your life. So it's really interesting. One of the things that was occurring to me as you were talking about that and all those different people, and I think you used the the term, they all looked forward toward Jesus. Um, and as I was hearing that, I thought, yeah, they were all, their lives pointed toward him. They were part of that genealogy that God had arranged that we would know about historically all these different people that would lead to the Messiah. But, um, but they didn't know it at the time, although they knew the Messiah was coming. They didn't know that they were going to be in his line. They didn't know the impact they would really have. And I just thought, you know, that's the one difference of that demarcation from Jesus from BC to AD. We know that our lives should point back to Jesus so he's that demarcation line that they were pointing to without even knowing it. And actually, and forward to Jesus. And forward. And yes. because of his return. Yes. Or our. Yes. Or our. Yes. Yeah. And we should be saying, are we living lives that point to Jesus, uh, to who he was and to his coming again? You know, and, and I was, yeah, I was sitting thinking about that as you were talking about thought, oh, the whole idea of they live lives pointing to him without even knowing it. And now God's given us the chance to know that we should be pointing our lives toward him. Mm -hmm. So Brian, after yes, your, your, uh, your genealogy sermon, I, I can say that I'm excited now for your 32 week sermon on Leviticus. Um, <laughs> I think that that's going to be a rousing conversation. Um, Michael, you had, during the prayer series, you'd kind of been following along a similar curriculum to what we were talking about on Sunday. I'm curious, um, what does is, what is kids' ministry uh, curriculum look like now that uh, we're done with the prayer series and we're entering the, we're already in the Advent season, we're not entering it, so what does it look like? So uh, now we're going, we basically have three solid weeks of Christmas, uh, if you don't count Christmas Eve, which... I do because we're all getting together and we're going to do Christmas Eve together. But each of the weeks, we're just slowly getting closer and closer to uh, the birth of Jesus. This last Sunday, we focused, we went backwards 700 years from the birth of Jesus and we 
a lot of the kids learned about what a prophet is and and how there were echoes of the coming king Jesus who is going to change all the rules and how eventually everyone would know Jesus is king and that was something that was foretold well before he even came on the scene so it was a fun scene I was with the kindergarten and pre-k's and it was very fun watching them just kind of mind blown about this kind of story yeah was your mind also blown by the story uh yeah, yeah it is every week yeah yes it's yes. some tough stuff those kids grapple with no, it, it is for sure. Like, you know, I, I pulled it up because, um, you know, specifically with Isaiah here with when he was prophesying about the coming king in the story, you know, it's the people of Judah were afraid their king Uzziah had died and now they had a bad king Ahaz and going into the, the prophecy about what kind of changes and, and it goes into animals, for example. And it talks about how the leopard will lie next to the goat, calves and lions will eat together, and a child will lead them. And I would stop and I'd say, okay, guys, um, do leopards and goats lay down by each other? And they're like, no, leopards would eat that goat. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, they would. And I said, and you guys are children. Could you see yourselves leading a, a leopard or a goat? And they're like, no. It's so cute with their little faces. Um, but uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun just kind of getting this understanding of all the rules are going to change when Jesus takes control of the kingdom yeah. and, and all the all that happens and it was it was a fun week to to really be with them they were really amped so I had to keep pulling their focus back in this week but yeah you guys want to hear the segue back to the sermon right? yeah. yes in the segue transitions we've been talking about that the evil king Ahaz is in the genealogy Ooh. Where That's at? actually kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, he is? He is. In oh my gosh. one chapter nine. They have no names? Ahaz, <laughs> Ahaz was He's the, a bad dude. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah, who was mm, a really good, good king. He was a really, really good king. Who um, Hezekiah, I was telling this to Allison because I was stuck with choosing Hezekiah or Josiah. Hezekiah wanted to tear down all false worship, and he even destroyed the bronze snake uh statue that moses erected because they started burning incense to it so they started oh, wow. worshiping what was like a point to you know messiah to jesus the hezekiah had to destroy the very thing that moses created because it became an object of mm. false worship yeah that's good yeah so wow yeah great segue bro. right <laughs> when he said ahaz i'm like actually yeah. ahaz is in there was he wasn't transition. very bad king you want to segue us into our next segment yeah um one thing i had to cut out because it was just a really big fun fact. <laughs> I was joking, but that was awesome, Brian. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, a big fun fact that talks about how great God is and how God really had a plan that I was uh, loved, but didn't really fit the sermon. Did you guys know? Probably not. That oh, from, let's play a game. From Abraham to, I believe, depending on what your opinion would be, to Perez or Perez, that in that first beginning of the genealogy, not a single person, not a single firstborn child is in the line of Jesus. Huh. As you would think, culturally speaking, it would pass down to the firstborn child. From Abraham, you had uh, Isaac. Isaac was not Abraham's firstborn child. Ishmael was. And so Isaac then goes to uh, Jacob, who Esau mm -hmm. was actually the firstborn son. Yep. So then from Jacob, you go to Judah, where Judah wasn't the firstborn son. Right. It was... Reuben. Oh, Reuben, thank you. It was Reuben. 
And then when you go to... Ten points. Gosh, You're on the board. It. When you go to uh, Judah, to uh, Perez, and Zara, Perez is the next one in line. It really depends on who you think... Tell is the, the birth story. Yeah. yeah. It depends on who you think yeah. is the firstborn son. So when Tamar was giving birth, yep. Zara, Zara, Zara put his arm out, and so they put a uh, cord on the arm representing that this was a firstborn, but then he pulled his arm back. Then they... <laughs> Then so they, dramatic. Yeah. So then uh, Perez came out first, and then Zara. But Zara. Had I am the, feeling sorry for Tamar. Yeah, Zara had. This <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I think she does not get enough credit yeah. here. <laughs> this is why we have Allison so then, with us to get that female yeah. perspective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So then, That's totally right. Yeah. So then Zara had the cord. So it really depends on who. If you think it stopped before that, or yeah. if you're like, no, yeah, arm came out first, so that was. He broke First the plane. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that is that is the rule. Six points. It was if actually he came across the line, man. If there you was a ribbon, it to him. If there was a ribbon, he broke the, the video ribbon. showed it. Yeah. Oh, I don't. <laughs> slow mo. I don't want to insult your across intelligence, Cliff. In a, and it had to be slow mo for them to get that ribbon on and get it back up there again. Wow. That's good. That should have been in the circle. That was good. Yeah. Should have had a conversation with you. Wow. (laughs) Oh, levity. (laughs) Oh, boy. Anything else you had to cut out, Brian? No, just other people's stories. Yeah. (laughs) What was major? What was that? You kind of touched on a little bit. What was that process of uh, you going through and with an editor's mind saying, what story fits Arbor the best, or which one do I feel like? I can relate to and share with because you 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 shared. Um, I'm glad you said Perez because I think in Bible college there's a very like pretentious pronunciation of Perez, and I'm like that's no, let's not do that. So I'm yeah. glad you went with Perez. But yeah. what was some of the reasons why you uh, you chose the the people to highlight? Because so there was a lot. I chose. I I didn't know who I was going to start with. To be honest with you, I knew I wanted to do Ruth because I love Ruth's story, and uh, I made a little joke that. And Allison didn't laugh, neither did Cliff. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, you know, how many times do, uh, you know, people go to church because of a girl? Mm. Um, and, you know, God uses it. And then I thought, well, Ruth became a follower of God because of a girl. She mm. just wasn't in a relationship. Then yeah. That type of relationship was with Naomi. And I said that, and they're like, that's not that, funny, that man. Stupid. Move on. I yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. It's dumb, right? Really dumb. Yeah. Um, but I love that because I thought, you could just yeah. said it was my joke if you wanted you? to next time. That was Hayden's joke. Sorry, I thought I'd <laughs> fly it by you guys. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, so I just I loved Ruth's story because I really did think that really um, a lot of people can relate to that of somebody. It, it was because of somebody in their life that really led them to to Jesus. Yeah. And, and I thought Ruth's life really demonstrated that and her loyalty and dedication to this person and just trusting this person who Naomi became a huge mentor in her life beyond that if you read the four chapters of ruth um but i was stuck with the tamar like do i just teach tamar um but then i read uh when i was doing the research that and it didn't hit me but i'm like yeah that kind of makes sense that perez or perez was born (laughs) out of of wedlock and i was like wait he was Mm. and i looked at i'm like well technically speaking he was married out of wedlock which is actually he was born out of wedlock. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, born born out of wedlock. Which, and then not only that, but it says that um, Judah never knew Tamar again. Right. So they weren't even there was like no relationship. There was no relationship there. So I was like, me growing up, my um, 
I don't ever remember a time when my mom and biological dad actually lived together. I have no memory of that whatsoever, and they weren't together, and a lot of other history going on there, but um, I didn't really start visiting my dad and getting to know my dad until I was like four or five. And so had a pretty good sort of childhood where my parents weren't together. I didn't really have that great of a relationship with yeah. my with my biological dad. Um, I did later on, just let everybody know as that story continued in my life. But I just saw them like, wow, that's somebody who parent parental situation was awful. A lot of sin in both sides of mom and dad. Yeah. And it didn't matter. Like this person had their own story. Perez has his, I, I don't know much about Perez's actual life, but I know the most important part, which is he's in the ancestral line of Jesus. And so it just brought me hope just for my own life growing up. I'm like, and God's been using me and moving me towards something. Yeah. Towards Jesus. And I'm hoping that other people get to know Jesus too. Yeah. But it just brought me hope to see that somebody born out of wedlock that God still used for salvation for all representation matters yeah right it, it you identify with somebody in the genealogy and there's somebody else in the crowd mm -hmm. that identifies with yeah. somebody else and we're all like oh okay we're all included in this plan of god's yeah. right we yeah. all can be included yeah Who do you I, identify and, with allison um gosh i don't know probably ruth's mother-in-law at this point you know <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Just call uh, her name. A thousand years yeah. old yeah. and super tired, and mm, you know. Yeah. So. You know, but I thought it was cool that you used Ruth when you were talking about it matching people because she was a Gentile. Yep, she was not a Jew, and and that also represents the majority of the people who attend Arbor. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have a high Jewish population. Yeah, no, you know, and uh, but yet the Gentiles are included in the lineage before of the Messiah. You know, so it was such a great picture of what was to come and uh, and that we get to participate in that. And then, like you said, Tamar, out of wedlock? And God just made sure he used broken people yeah. and outsiders because that's who he really loves and wants to see coming into his kingdom. So we got it. This great news is really good news that goes back historically generations pointing to, pointing to that salvation for all of them. Yeah, and then yeah. just with uh, Ruth's story, of how much pain, of, like mm -hmm. just heartbreak, and as as the word was present, bitterness that all were experiencing, and it still ended up in glory for God. So that's also and why redemption, even in their lifetime, in their like lifetime. they were able to see a happier ending. Not mm -hmm. everybody gets an earth earthly side happy ending, um, but that family did, and. The mother-in-law changed her name back from being bitter to having, you know, joy. Mm -hmm. So, and just for the record, while we're on the Perez story, I think you may be the first pastor I've heard talk about spilling seed <laughs> on at the pulpit. And I had I was that like, same awesome. thought. On I was Sunday. like, awesome. wow. We're gonna go there. We are going there at our. That's all we. That's all we went was just that. that <laughs> Merry Christmas. I was like, you know, I. Uh, I I, th I was wondering if you were going to, no. and then when you did, I went, well, good way to handle it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's there. Yeah. And the, matter and of factly, you didn't like embellish or highlight or like you know make a joke about yeah, it, like no. a junior higher, like I'm doing right now. But yeah. like, <laughs> you just kind of matter of factly said it, and and also the part of he never knew her again. You know, you just like. Said it the yeah. way it was phrased. Yeah. And I, so I was actually wrestling with that, but I was like, you know what? Cause I just was gonna, 
I knew I was doing a summary, and when you do summaries, you kind of have freedom to add what you want into the the summary. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to ignore or uh, bypass what is actually you know written there, and I feel like it wouldn't do God justice, His Word justice, the Holy Spirit justice, and the people who are taking their time out of their lives to come and grow spiritually to to not just include include that. So I'm like, yeah, I'll say it. If somebody wants I like to- the way you did it actually. Like you didn't make it all about the right. joke about, mm-hmm. you know, riffing off of that. It was just, you know, this is part of the messy story and Oh yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I, didn't, I I remember you and I talking about it, and you're like, "Like, so what are you gonna do?" I'm like, "I have, I have no idea." <laughs> so it's a good thing Hayden, you and I were not ones ones up for <laughs> teaching this week. <laughs> yeah, I I would have avoided it for sure. Oh, you would have. I the jokes are there's <laughs> it's so many just jokes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I don't know what I would say, so I'm just not gonna say it. It's not even about the joke. It's about being so uncomfortably like ah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd probably just skip that part. We'll yeah. just go to the next verse. So um, that's really funny. Also, I do feel that. like, I will be honest about the sermon. I do feel like I ignored in my sermon prep a whole group of people who are having a hard time. Because if you guys remember at the very end, I said, hey, I would be dumb and ignorant if I didn't address that. Some of you are probably having a very difficult time in your life right now. I did not write that. And I was about to pray and walk off, and I felt that, like, dude, you totally neglected, like, s- like real issues in their lives oh, and wow. stories that I was like, oh. okay, let me, let me address that. Because I was seriously about to pray and walk off, and I just feel like, no, you, great job, great research, but you're missing mm. something huge here. Wow. And so, yeah. And I'm glad you did, because um, it was obviously the Holy Spirit, because without that, the whole thing just fell flat on its face. But when you added that... <laughs> Right, saved <laughs> it, uh, saved it. <laughs> Last minute. Thank late. you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yes. More inside. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. It, no, no in, in all sincerity, because it to me it tied back into the brokenness of the people mm-hmm. yeah. that God chose to redeem or to redeem their story. And that really is what the season's about, isn't it? I mean, you know, so to me, I was so glad you did that because I thought that's a picture of Ruth and Tamar and Perez and you know, and, and what went on all around that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and Josiah not so much, but still, yeah. 18 years, you know. Yeah. It took 18 yeah. years to finally read yeah. the book of the law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and that, I was astounded that there had been such a long gap between God's people celebrating Passover yeah. until, I mean, it would have been decades, right? It would have been, yeah. Yeah. Like I like, never knew that. Like, to know how... Like, you know, getting to the book of Judges and then, uh, you know, all how long you, you when you're in the Old Testament, how long you stay with King Saul and King David and uh, then from there, uh, Solomon and then the split and then you're just following the different kings. Um, to know during that whole time, they did not celebrate Passover, which even us as Christians where we don't celebrate Passover, but we read the New Testament and the Gospels and know it's a pretty big deal. Like right. the Passover, like right. I think I don't. I'm gonna just spit out this truth. Let's see um, if it's true. But I believe in the three years of Jesus's ministry that you get that the Passover is celebrated each of those three years in Scripture. Yes. Mm-hmm. You might be able to read all three years that Jesus celebrated those Passover. So it's a big deal to know that generations and generations of people did not celebrate yeah. the Passover. And I'm even wondering 
you know, the oral, oral tradition back then. But I'm wondering, like, when he read the law, did he have to also explain to the people what the Passover was? Like, were they so far removed that they didn't even know what that celebration huh. was even about? I don't know. I guess it would depend. When were the Psalms written? The Psalms retell the story of um, being free from slavery. Yeah. Which over David over. wrote some Psalms. Yes, right. oh, a lot so of them. A there. lot of them. Most of them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So even him not celebrating yeah. Passover, to me, it was just like, what? How, yeah. how did you spend all those years not celebrating Passover? How, how did that get so removed? Right. I guess mm. it would be like us skipping over Easter. Yeah. Right, like the thing that saved us from slavery of sin, yeah. um, then just be like, not really marking it. Yeah, I wonder if they year. did something similar too, because I mean, he did get the idea of the sacrificial lamb, yeah, and so that there had to be a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins, but it obviously was no longer being done in that way. So, um, yeah, yeah, interesting thing. Cool thing to go back in time to see as well as when he did bring back. You know Passover and probably Day of Atonement of I you know when we get to the time of Jesus how that was very abused and money changers like to go back from when it came back to where they had a f- refresh on it let's make this thing as holy as possible to see how long it took for it to become corrupted as mm. it, as it did and the cycle continues and the cycle yeah. continues <laughs> yeah but yeah that was seeing King Josiah's and knowing and that's where I felt like people could relate to that too that they spent all. Uh, 18 years thinking, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I don't, like, I, that was me. Like, I'm like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I was like, oh, what church you go to? I'm like, I don't, I don't have to go to church. I can just read my Bible. Like, I said that statement mm. all the time because people want to invite me to church or a youth group. And like, do you want, no, I'm like, I don't have to read my Bible. Or I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have to go to church. <laughs> I can read my Bible. Question for you. What were you that doing? I <laughs> um, that I do remember when I finally, like, it finally hit me that I'm like, I am not doing this right. Like, mm. I'm not, like, I just, justified my actions for years until i finally read and started attending church going yeah i've been doing this wrong mm. my whole life and so that i was like amazing. yeah i, I feel like that. all of us can relate that he became king at eight and it took 18 years from the finally go yeah we've been doing this incorrect but good for him to admit it yeah huh? nobody did before him yeah and then from that he um was able to avoid the destruction that was going to happen to jerusalem because of his heart yeah Well, thank you for sharing that, Brian, and thank you for your message on Sunday. It is past the half-hour mark, so we should wrap things up. Anything you guys want to get in before we close the podcast off? How how boring the genealogy is. It is not. We just talked 34 minutes. It is not boring (laughs) at all. Straight through about it. I'm a a believer. I love it. New Christmas tradition, for sure. Genealogy. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't do it. If we get, gotta keep doing it. I gotta find the new challenge. <laughs> Stay tuned next year. There's for the always new, new people to explore, though. That is true. I mean, it's that's what yeah. I was telling Cliff about the four women. Like, how, like I say, everybody hear it, but there's always somebody who's gonna hear it for the first mm-hmm. time. You can wrap up now, Hayden. Fourteen yeah. generation. <laughs> Are we good? Should I wrap it up? We're good. Okay. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. Um, well, thank you so much for listening or watching the follow up podcast, and we will see you guys next week. 